The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short. This is the latest installment in our team check-in series, and if you haven't tuned in in a while or you've never tuned in before, you can go back and look at our archives to see some episodes you might have missed, see the teams we've already covered. But we're getting close to the end of this series now, and we're rolling on today talking Royals with Josh Vernier of 610 Sports in Kansas City. But before I get into that, just a quick reminder, it's fantasy draft time. It is upon us. And if you're not prepared, the best thing you can do, go to rotoworld.com and get the online version of the draft guide. It has everything you need to get ready for your draft, and it's constantly updated leading into opening day. So if there are any injuries, breaking news, we've got it covered. It has over 1,000 player profiles and projections, information on sleepers, busts, prospects it has average draft position data it has staff rankings by position positional tiers mock draft analysis and the best thing about it it's customizable depending on the format you play so whether it's a standard mixed league or an auction league nl only al only we've got you covered go to rotoworld.com for more information okay let's talk to josh vernier of 610 sports Hey, Josh, uh, thanks for making time to come on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, I, d- I really don't have a unique angle here for the Royals, uh, but this really feels like the last run with this current group. Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis, Lorenzo Cain, Alcides Escobar, all due to become free agents after this season. That's well established. But after finishing at 500 last year, many speculated about the Royals blowing things up over the winter, but they hung on to most of those guys. What are the chances of the Royals keeping any of their impending free agents, and should we look for a bunch of trades if the club falls out of the race this summer? Yeah, yeah. If the club's out of the race come the trade deadline, uh, Dayton Moore said earlier this week that it would be fair to call it a fire sale. Yeah, Eric Hosmer, Moustakis, Kane, Escobar, all could garner quite the haul and could jumpstart a possible... Um, I, 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 I pause to call it a rebuild in Kansas City because you still have uh, all-star catcher in Salvador Perez. You're still going to have a, a solid number one in Danny Duffy, Alex Gordon in uh, left field as well. But, yeah, yeah, it will be a fire sale if this team falls short um, right around the trade deadline. Uh, as far as bringing back some of the big names next year or this offseason, yeah, I think one of the four will return. I think most likely it's Lorenzo Cain. Uh, mainly because there is not that heir apparent in center field. Um, Eric Hosmer likely will cost a tad bit too much. 
Uh, for Kansas City, Mike Moustakas says it's really only him and Todd Frazier on the open market this offseason at third base. I think he goes elsewhere, and they have the in-house replacement for Alcides Escobar right. in Raul Mondesi, who you will see quite a bit coming up in 2016. But, yeah, if it's not Kane, Moose probably, Mike Moustakas, has the second-best chance of returning. Uh, one of those two I, I, I do see in royal blue next year. Well, Eric Hosmer was an interesting case last year. He reached career highs with 25 homers, 104 RBIs. So we saw that power, but the production was somewhat deceptive because we saw the OPS go down from 822 to 761. And he was just a more aggressive hitter in general. Uh, Walks were down. He struck out more often. The contact rate was down sharply. Was this just a case of a player selling out for power? And is that a good thing for him? No, you, you know what it was last year for Eric Hosmer? Right out of the gate, uh, the team didn't have his usual protection that he's had in years past as far as Kendrys Morales. Uh, Kendrys Morales struggled in the first two months of the season last year. Eric Hosmer was, uh, you know, prior to the injury to Moustakas and Gordo, uh, Eric Hosmer was looked at to carry the offense. Mm-hmm. And once Kendrys Morales started hitting, that's when, Mike Moustakis and Alex Gordon got hurt. Um, it just always seemed as if it was Eric Hosmer and a bunch of either banged up, um, banged up complementary pieces or AAA pieces that were already performing over their heads. When you're talking about Paulo Orlando or Whit Merrifield, I, I think yeah, the, the numbers are deceiving for Eric Hosmer if he has the support group that he's had in years past. I think not only the the OPS would be higher, but the walks would have been up. There was um, really no no protection for him uh, last year, so he would either uh, just be pitched around or uh, didn't get too much to hit. So, yeah, I I guess I could agree that he was a tad bit more aggressive, but I think that's because he felt the weight of the entire offense on his shoulders. Well, now that he has those pieces back around him this year, he's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, baseball, obviously secondary when we're talking about Giordano Ventura, the person, uh, his death in a car crash in January was just stunning news. Someone who was still so young and had so much promise. There's the human impact of losing a teammate and a friend, but there's also the practical matter of what it means for the team. Uh, the Royals were able to sign Jason Hamill just before the start of camp, which could end up being a really good move, but the loss of Ventura and his potential, someone who easily could have put it all together at any time, only increases the degree of difficulty for this team to get back and have another run in the postseason this year. Without a doubt. Not only did they go out and bring in a Jason Hamill, but Travis Wood as well. I'll I'll give the Royals credit. Um, I did not expect them to be as aggressive as they were following the passing of Giordano, but they they continued to show that uh, they're all in in this possible final season of the core guys that brought a championship to Kansas city back in 2015. Um, but no, there's, there's, there's no replacing uh, what Giordano could have been not only this year, but also moving forward. There were only uh, 30 some odd pitchers over the past three years to uh, qualify for the ERA title in each of the three seasons. And of those 30 some odd pitchers, O'Donnell was the youngest of all of them. In fact, it was 28 pitchers. 28 pitchers qualified for the ERA title the last three years, and he was the youngest of all of them. And, and, and we talked earlier about possibly losing Hosman, Moustakis, Kane, and Escobar. The thing that gave Royals fans and this Royals organization solace was 
even if the big bats leave, we're still a team that can be led by the rotation of Duffy, Ventura, and Ian Kennedy. And now being robbed of the person and the player that Yodano was, a lot of questions um, will, will arise not only this offseason, but for years to come. Well, Duffy was a bright spot last year. We saw some extra velocity when he returned uh, from the bullpen last year, and he made some big strides in the process. Average more than a strikeout per inning, much improved control. Down the stretch, he struggled a little bit. Issues with the home run ball. But the Royals saw enough to give him that extension. Five years, $65 million. There's some risk in that deal given his injury history and past performance. But this could be a pretty major bargain if it turns out his 2016 is a sign of things to come. And it's clear they're going to need him to be that ace if they have any chance to win here. Yeah, and there's risk on both sides. Uh, not only you mentioned risk on the Royal side as far as his injury history, but also risk on Duffy's side. If he mm. goes out and performs like he did in the second half of last season and like he did back in the summer of 2014, that's a guy that's looking at a 90-plus sure. million-dollar deal this yep. offseason. Um, yeah, yeah, Duffy needs to be the ace. He can't just be, uh, you know, he's no longer looked at as a surprise. He's a guy that needs to deliver if this team is going to return to the postseason. And when you give a guy that kind of money in a market like this, that's exactly what they need. Moving on to the lineup here, we saw Kendris Morales sign with the Blue Jays over the winter. So the Royals went out and added some pop to try to replace his production. First, they traded former all-star closer Wade Davis to the Cubs for Jorge Soler. They later added Brandon Moss, a veteran power bat. Now, we know Soler hasn't quite lived up to expectations so far in the majors, but what made the Royals willing to take a shot on him? The fact that he's not, well, A, because he's not going to be the, the, the centerpiece of the offense because there will be so many um, you know, veteran bats around him. You can throw him in the 7-8 spot of the lineup, and whatever you do get from him is a positive. Uh, but most importantly is just the fact that you have four years of control of a guy that has 30 home run capabilities. Absolutely. It, you know, it, it's... It's their attempt to rebuild uh, without rebuilding, right? Without actually tearing anything down. Uh, you have Calvin Herrera, a guy who can, in my opinion, seamless, seamlessly take over that closer's role uh, for the Royals. Um, yeah, I think they feel comfortable not only with Calvin Herrera. Uh, Matt Strom, to me, has been the star of spring training, picking up right where he left off last year and the team expects a bounce back for Joaquin Soria. So they still expect that strong bullpen, even though they lose one of the best in the game in Woody Davis. And now they have four years of control of a 25-year-old with immense uh, raw power. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Soler could do this year, a chance at regular at-bats uh, in that lineup. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, I want to ask you about Strom a little bit and tie it into the fifth starter uh, job. It looks like Nate Carnes is the favorite right now, was acquired in the Gerard Dyson deal from the Mariners. Uh, Travis Wood, Chris Young also in that mix. Uh, but Strom was really impressive down the stretch last year, 1-2-3 ERA and 21 appearances out of the bullpen down the stretch. Um, granted, an opportunity might be dependent on Karn's performance or the health of those in the rotation or the need in the bullpen, but do you think Strom will eventually get a shot in this rotation? Yeah, yeah, and I think that that shot could come as early as next season, to be honest with you. Um, but but I'll, I'll tell you what, just the, the, the mound presence, um, you know, not only does he have the fastball and the changeup, but working on a slider to go along with the curveball, a four-pitch pitcher coming out of the bullpen from the left side that's 
um, not unheard of, but you don't hear very often. Uh, You're right, right. Uh, a reliever with four four pitches coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. I think next year he'll compete for a rotation spot. This year they have put him to the bullpen rather quickly once they brought in Hamill and Woods, and obviously made the trade for Nate Carnes. Uh, they're very high on Matt Strom, but once they brought in again Hamill and Wood, they they realized that they could go back to what made them great in the first place, and that is having that dominating bullpen and having a rotation that isn't going to uh, excite many, but as long as it eats up the you know 950 innings over the course of a season, right. uh, the bullpen can take care of the rest. And with that power that you mentioned earlier, they'll be able to win those uh, four-two uh, pitching duels in the American League. Sure. And final question here: Salvador Perez gave Royals fans quite the scare with that awkward home plate collision uh, in the World Baseball Classic over the weekend. Even more awkward considering that Drew Butera was involved, but uh, it seems like tests have ruled out any serious problems with the knee. Is there any reason for concern with him as we move closer to the season? No, no. Ned Yo saying earlier today that he's expecting uh, Salvi to maybe miss a week, uh, not because of the knee actually, but because of his left elbow, which was mm. hyperextended as he was making the tag on Drew Butera. Uh, Salvador Perez, every year they try and give him a little bit more uh, rest, and each and every year it seems like he's out there 145 times out of 162. The guy loves to play. um, He demands to play, and the Royals will uh, capitulate more times than not. And just to finish up here, feel free to let the people know where they can follow your work on social media and elsewhere. Yeah, on uh, Twitter at... Josh Vernier 610 and uh, at 610 sports.com. Great. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciated getting Josh's insight on the Royals, who are going to be a fascinating team this year in either direction. Uh, you look at Mustakas coming back from the ACL injury. Maybe they get a little, little more out of Alex Gordon. Maybe Lorenzo Kane, they get a full season out of him. Uh, maybe Danny Duffy is the ace that we think he can be. Um, this team could be pretty good, but if not, if it goes in the other direction, they're going to sell off a bunch of pieces, get some prospects back. So either way, a fascinating team to watch this year. If you're liking what you're hearing during this series, three things you can do to help us out, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It'll help more people find the show and it would be much appreciated. If you prefer getting your podcasts on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audioboom, you should be able to find us there as well. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Again, that email address, rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Any feedback, fantasy questions, bring those our way. I'm on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash djshortbaseball. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at djshort. My co-host Drew Silva is at Drew Silva on Twitter. And I will see you next time.